0: Welcome back to another episode of the Real Estate Investing Club. Today, we have Mikkel Thorup with us from expatmoney.com. Mikkel is here to talk us, to us about international investing and the implications both on the tax side, all the different implications that, it, what, that happens once you actually own real estate outside of the United States, which is something you know I've been looking into myself. And so it's a super interesting topic Especially if you want to buy that, you know, that that beach property out there, maybe in the Bahamas. Who knows? But Mikel, thank you very much for hopping on the show today.
1: Pleasure's all mine. Thanks very much for having me, Gabe.
0: Absolutely. I told you before we got on here, we'd like to start with stories. So why don't you take us back to the beginning? Uh, how'd you get started in real estate and in uh, in the
1: international world itself? Sure. I'll have to go quite far back for mine, but I'll try to keep it as brief as possible. Basically, when I was a child, I was diagnosed with a learning disability. And what the, what happened, Gabe, was they pulled me out of school and they sat me down in a little room and there was the teacher and the principal and vice principal, something like that. And they said, uh, Mikel, something doesn't work quite right with your brain. And what we want to do is send you to a special school, special school for special boys. All right. Thanks. So that's what I did every day for three years. I got on a little white bus and I took a little white bus across town and I went to this quote unquote special school. Now, the only problem, Gabe, was it was actually not a special school. It was actually a regular school with a special class. So you can probably imagine what happened. I got in a lot of fights and I got picked on and I got bullied. Now, this is no woe is me. I'm a victim. Poor Mikel, poor Mikel. I certainly don't subscribe to any of that. And I got hit and I hit back twice as hard. Like I would not <laughs> claim otherwise by any stretch of the imagination. But, anyways, after three years, I got to go back to my neighborhood school, and I thought, this is going to be amazing. My friends will have missed me so much they're going to be so excited to see me and once again, you can probably imagine what happened. I showed up on day one at school, and all the kids started gossiping and whispering, "Oh, I remember Mikkel. he went to some retard school nice, thanks guys. very sensitive. kids are very you know sensitive human beings I, I really appreciate that but um what it did was leave a really bad taste in my mouth for education and specifically public education. So I stopped going to school and then I would fail and they send me to summer school and then I'd fail that and I wouldn't show up and somehow they would let me squeak by. But um, long story short, I, uh, I stopped going to school when I was 12 years old. I officially dropped out when I was 15 and I started traveling internationally a year or two after that. And when I started traveling the world and visiting all these new countries, I started meeting really incredible people who were living their lives and learning and, and experiencing the world completely different of what I ever expected. And it really showed me there's not only one way to go about things. And I started to experiment with different tax strategies and different investments. I was very much interested in these types of things. And, um, and that's what I've done for the last 22 years straight. I have uh, I have been traveling, uh, traveling and living abroad and investing abroad. So now I have visited, I think a hundred and five hundred and ten countries. Uh, I've circumnavigated the globe over four hundred times. I've lived in nine different countries and uh, and I built my entire business around these things. Um, and a little side note, my my horrible, horrible, uh, learning disability is dyslexia, which we now know in this day and age that it really is not a big deal whatsoever. It's actually kind of common. Lots yeah. of people have it, and it's not a reason to pull someone out of school. But Richard Branson, uh, man. There you go.
0: Yeah, he's one of my favorite uh, entrepreneurs out there, Richard Branson. He has dyslexia. It's uh, it's a totally normal thing. Um, I'm sorry you had to go through that. But as I, was, I always say, you know, struggles do make us stronger. And it sounds like it definitely... Definitely made you stronger in the long run and uh, and really got you set on quite an amazing journey. Um, 15 is when you started started your international traveling. That is definitely a young well, age. I
1: dropped out at 15. I probably started traveling about a year or two after that, 16, 17, when I was out there solo traveling. But yeah, still as a teenager. Yeah,
0: yeah. definitely. Definitely young. Um, what was your first country that you went out to?
1: Okay. Besides, okay. So I'm from southwestern Ontario. So besides traveling around Canada or the United States, I did Ireland, England, and Wales uh, for a trip, and then shortly after that, I did all of Western Europe, and I went to North Africa, and I was in Morocco for two months. It was actually funny. I was probably about 19 at the time, and I decided I wanted to go to Algeria, so mm. I jumped on a camel and I took a camel three days across the Sahara Desert to Algeria. Oh man, Jesus! I was in like. 2001 or 2002 or something like that i don't know like yeah those I, things, I don't, I don't do know not... if i do those anymore but <laughs>
0: <laughs> i was gonna say camel rides while they do look cool they definitely don't look comfortable i would i would definitely prefer a car or a motorcycle or something like that
1: yeah but reliable very reliable in that situation yeah but I'm lots not gonna... of crazy things i did at that that age
0: Yep. Yep. Definitely not going to break down on you.
1: Well, yeah, that that's
0: very cool. I really like the start of your story. Um, you kind of took a leap there. You went from you got all this international international experience. Do you love being international? And then you went into taxes. Like you liked the tax aspect of being international. How did you make that leap? What got you actually into the real estate side of things?
1: So I wouldn't say that I liked the taxes. I hated the taxes, and that's why I got into Tax planning because I'm very libertarian and I've been very libertarian since I was before I knew what the word meant. Um, So I've always done everything I possibly could to pay zero taxes. I've pretty much not paid taxes in 20 years, completely legally. And um, you know, it's kind of funny because I'm a I'm an international tax expert, and I couldn't file a tax return to save my life because I haven't (laughs) done one in like 20 years. You know, I do the 40,000 foot view. Uh, planning stage. Um, of course, I work with the lawyers. I work with the CPAs, and nothing I'm going to be saying today, or or, or we're going to be discussing, is, is going to be international tax advice or tax advice of any kinds. You could say, but um, yeah, it's uh, it was my absolute disdain for taxation that led me down this path.
0: Understandable. Nobody really likes, you know, paying taxes, <laughs> and while it does, you know, support a lot of good. Good infrastructure out there in our country. It's not fun to have to write that check. Um, so you really got into the tax side just because you you, you kind of had an inversion to it. You wanted to understand it. Um, and on the real estate side, I mean, I understand that there's a lot of benefits to it. So what are the benefits of investing internationally um, from a tax perspective, from just kind of an overall perspective from somebody in the US, in Canada? Why would they want to invest in you know, Georgia or uh, or Bali or something like that?
1: Sure. A lot of the investing that I do with my clients is not just to have a return on capital, which is great. I, I fully support that. But what I'm actually looking for in a lot of the investments is that we can pair it with a residency or a citizenship. So a residency is the legal right to live and work in that country. And specifically, it's a permanent residency, which is what we're looking for. And the citizenship is literally just that—you are a national of that country. You can say, um, "You know, I am Panamanian, I am Brazilian, I am Mexican." You get a citizenship, uh, sorry, you get a passport, which is just the travel document. It's that agreement between multiple countries; it's their negotiation between each other um, that allows you to enter and exit other countries. So, yes, I like real estate very much for. All the amazing things that it can do, uh, the return on capital and a home, and it's a tangible asset and um, things like this. But when you can pair it with a legal right to be in that country, now we're talking. Now that's the things that I really concentrate on. Got you. Um,
0: so there's three things you meant. Well, I added one, but you mentioned residency, citizenship, and then I know you can get a travel visa. So citizenship is the the most... The most rights you can have in a country, um, and I didn't know you could extricate that from residency. So you can, there. What are the layers of, I guess, access to a country? Is it those three, um, citizenship, residency, and then uh, travel visa? Or
1: yeah, so we would do. Okay, so the the most basic is you go to another country. We call it visa free access. You don't need a special visa to enter the country. Your country has an agreement with that country. As an American, you can go to U.S. Canada. Yeah, exactly. You can go to these countries and you can be there as a tourist and maybe you can be there for 30 days or 60 days or 90 days, but at some point you need to leave. Like you can't just be there forever. So if you don't like what's happening or you want to go to another place, you're capped on how much time you can have. Now there's work permits and student visas and all these types of things. I don't deal with those at all. What I'm specifically focused on is a permanent residency, which Mm -hmm. means that you are permanently allowed to live and work in that country. There might be some things that you need to do to keep your visa active, like a minimum amount of stay in the country. It might be a day, a year. It might be a week. It might be a month. All countries are kind of different. But then you can, once you have this, you can buy real estate in that country. You can live there. You can get a job. You can get a work permit. You can open a bank account. You can do all these things. Now, if you are in that country for long enough, there's a process called naturalization, which is actually moving from your residency to citizenship. And citizenship is the ultimate. This is amazing if you can do it. Now, different countries have different lengths of time, anywhere from you know a year to five years to 20 years, depending on the jurisdiction and the, the laws and where you come from. But that is possible. Now, there are ways to shortcut this. So you instead of spending five years in the country as a resident, you can make a investment in the country, in certain countries, and they'll give you citizenship immediately within three to four months. And this can often be done through real estate. So Mm. there's five countries in the Caribbean that do this. There's St. Kitts and Nevis, Antigua and Barbuda, Granada, Dominica, and St. Lucia. All of these countries have some type of form of, it's called citizenship by investment. And some of these have a real estate component. So you can buy real estate in the country and get not only a residency, but also a citizenship and a passport. Turkey is another jurisdiction, Hmm. big country, rising superpower, a lot of infrastructure, very affluent people, very intelligent, well-educated. It's at the crossroads of many different places. You can get Turkish citizenship with an investment of $400,000 or more in real estate. And the cool thing there is actually it doesn't have to be a government-approved project. It can be anywhere in the country, it can be on the beach, it can be Istanbul, it can be a condo, it can be land. There's so much flexibility. And when you look at the world and geopolitics and what's happening, it often makes a lot of sense to own real estate and have investments in these foreign countries. And now you get to pair it with a citizenship. This is amazing. For me, this is this is really fantastic.
0: Yeah, Absolutely. Um, and I, we've had actually other other investors come on the show who just focus on the investing and they've mentioned countries in that area in the in the area of Turkey specifically georgia they said was um in terms of roi is just great um i guess they're just experiencing a lot of growth obviously right now they're in the vicinity of the conflict but um it's still i know that area has been uh, has been growing pretty well um so four hundred thousand so that does not You're not limited to a residence itself. It doesn't have to be a residential property. You could also buy commercial property. Correct. Yeah. Interesting. Huh. Well, I may have to go out and uh, buy myself some Turkish property then. I wonder if they, I know that (laughs) I focus on self storage and I know that pretty much the US is the only country that does that. Maybe I'll have to branch out there.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, you let me know because we're fully connected out there. I was in Turkey twice this year already. Looking at real estate myself and going through the process. And I've had clients who have gone through it this year and are on their path to citizenship. And it's a good passport, actually. And it gets you access to countries that, you know, as Canadians and Americans, we wouldn't normally have access to.
0: Yep, absolutely. So, what are, um, you know, when you think about buying property in another country, what are the other obstacles that you generally see people run into? Um, Language, uh, local laws, that kind of stuff
1: certainly language is going to be one of the tricky ones i always recommend people work with local representation this is not you know your domestic market where you can do these things yourself you're going to want to have a local lawyer who really understands it you're going to want to work with a translator so that they can go through the contract with you so you fully understand what's going on you know in some of these countries not all of them but in some of them it really is the wild west so you have to be careful um on top of that The other things that you really need to think about is that there's often not financing. I know in domestic markets, the first thing that people are looking at is how much financing they can get for it. Now, it might be possible if you are already a resident or a citizen of that country. But if you're just going in and you're just uh, you know for direct investment into the country, your chances of getting financing are very, very low. And certainly if you're using the real estate to get your residency or citizenship, there's going to be no way that you can do uh, financing there.
0: Hmm. That makes sense, um, which is really disappointing because being able to finance something as an investor is one of the top things that I look for. Um, so you can't bank finance something. Can you sell or finance a
1: property? Internationally? In, in a lot of cases, you can. But you have to be careful with the residencies and the citizenship because they're going to be looking at source of funds. So you're going to have to prove where the money comes from. And you do what's called KYC and AML, uh, know your customer and any money laundering. So I'm not going to make a general statement that you can't anywhere, but it becomes more difficult and there's more things that you need to look at.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Um, are there any, I mean, you mentioned Turkey. Are there any other countries that you think uh, kind of have the stability and the acceptance of this kind of process that you would uh, recommend
1: outside of Turkey? So, with the Citizenship by Investment program, there's only maybe eight countries in the world. I mentioned the five in the Caribbean. There's Turkey. There's Montenegro, which is still going until the end of 2022. Then there's Malta. And then there's Vanuatu in the South Pacific. That's literally all of the programs in the world right now that do citizenship Mm. by investment. Now, the residency, on the other hand, there are many countries, like more than we would have time to go through. But some Mm. notable ones are Panama, which is where I am today. If you make a Uh, real estate investment of at least 200,000 US dollars, then you're going to be able to pick up your permanent residency here. And after five years of having your permanent residency, then you can apply for your citizenship and get another passport. (laughs) Panama is a very good place for investing because there's not much financing here. So the real estate market is very stable. It traditionally keeps up with inflation very well. It's a US dollar economy. It has one of the largest banking sectors in the world. Most of Latin America use Panama as their banking, so they move a lot of their money from their home countries to here and into hmm. real estate. Um, it's a it's a good place, and it's it's very developed. You know, a lot of people seem to think Panama's a you know a hardcore third world country or something. And it's like, no, this place looks like Miami. It's it's amazing <laughs> here. It's tons of fun things to do, and it's it's somewhere you would actually want to spend time. You know,
0: right? Yeah. Um yeah I didn't know that about Panama being kind of the the bank country of Latin America that's pretty interesting
1: yeah we have something like ninety two or ninety three international banks here just in a in a city of a million million five people so it's uh it's a special place. We've been here for three years, and I love it here. I've got lots of clients uh it's a tax free country the way that we do it, so that's a huge benefit um yeah, U.S. dollar economy, like I said, so it's it's quite stable. It's a good place to live. Interesting. Yeah, there's a lot of questions that kind of come up into my mind um,
0: thinking about once you have permanent residency or citizenship in a country. How does your taxes? How are you ta- affected by taxes in the U.S.? All that stuff. Um, that we'll have to save that for another episode, though, because I did take a peek at the clock, and we have gone through in our time. So it is time to go into the quick question round. Are you ready? Let's do it. Let's do it. Starts with books or any form of education. Um, Give me two recommendations, one for general life wisdom and one for real estate specific.
1: Oh, my goodness. Okay. Uh, I read a book by Carol S. Dweck called Mindset several years ago. I actually read it two or three times back to back. One of the best books that I ever read. I really just thought that was so fantastic. Now, a good book for real estate. Um, I used to really love the guys from uh, Bigger Pockets, and I read literally everything oh, yeah. that they ever wrote. I really liked the way that they looked at a lot of the real estate stuff. So anything by them, I thought that was quite good.
0: Perfect. Uh, that Dweck, Carol Dweck book, Mindset, I read that too. That's a, that's a really good one. All right, moving on. This is for your younger self. So if you could go back to the Mikkel, let's say he was just getting, you know, just packing his bag for that first international trip. Go up to him, look him in the eye, give him one piece of advice, move him forward.
1: Ooh, that's a good question. I would say it's okay to screw up and it's okay to fail. It's okay to make mistakes and don't beat yourself up about these types of things. It's normal and actually it's good for you. And knowing that you are going to suck at something when you first start doing it is just the first step in the process. And you have to go through this sucky situation to be able to get to the other side. So don't beat yourself up. And I I really only learned that in the last couple of years. And Gabe, it's just made a huge difference in my life. Huge difference.
0: Yep. Be easy on yourself. I like that. My partner, one of my partners, uh, they always say you only fail when you stop trying. I know that's super cliche, but I love it. I think that's a really good line. Um, I'm going to push this on a little bit further. This is for... All right. Usually I say, what is the place in the US that you're most excited about? But I'm going to open this up since you are international. Um, Give me one metro, one city area in in the entire world that you are most excited about investing in today.
1: I mentioned Turkey before. I'm going to have to put Turkey up there again. This is the one that I'm going through right now. Like I said, I've been there multiple times this year. I've actually been there five times over the last 10 years. I'm super bullish on it. I think it's the greatest program right now. I know it won't be around for very long. So it's this chance to go in, get the citizenship, get the real estate, have another home in a hub with amazing airport. And you can go anywhere in the world from there. I'm super bullish on Istanbul. I think it's an amazing city. Oh, so you just said, I was just going to ask what city in
0: Turkey. So you said Istanbul is the the number one. Definitely. Yeah. All right. That moves us on to the next one. And this is, there we go, uh, about tools. All our businesses are run on tools. They're the backbone of our business. So point to one tool that you could not live without.
1: I use HubSpot for everything. I've been building websites and running businesses for the last 10 years. And I would patch everything together with glue and duct tape and, you <laughs> know, there. will now I use HubSpot for everything for my CMS, uh, my autoresponder for everything. Everything's integrated. Yes. I pay a couple thousand dollars a month, but I'm on the enterprise level and it works. It just works, Gabe. And I can take care of my clients instead of worrying about all this stupid technology and Zapier this and Zapier that. No, thank you. <laughs> HubSpot. <laughs> yeah. I, I love those guys. They do a great job.
0: That's a good recommendation. I, I definitely am glad I'm past that stage where I'm just focused on Zapier and all that garbage. But uh yeah. HubSpot, good good tool for sure. And that leads us to the very last question. This one's for the listeners. Um, you've given us a lot of good advice. I'm sure people want to reach out. What is the best way for them to do that?
1: Yeah. So I have a podcast myself. It's called The Expat Money Show. We've been going for over six years now, 200 plus yes. episodes. I suggest you guys check that out. I've had lots of big names on there who you probably recognize. Um, The other thing we're doing is an online summit, November 7th to 11th. Tickets are free. If you go to Expat Money Summit, you can sign up. We're dealing with tons of international real estate there. We've got the lawyers involved, the tax providers, um, the tax advisors, excuse me. Um, And yeah, once again, some really big names like Doug Casey and Ron Paul will be speaking at the event. So people who are really freedom minded. And, um, we do have a VIP ticket option, which is awesome. If you want to support, then you can grab that. But if you just get in your feet wet and you just want to start to get a little bit of information and educate yourself, then grab the free ticket. I'm happy to take care of your, your people, Gabe. And, uh, it's going to be a big event. We're expecting 30,000 attendees. So it's completely a lot online and yeah, it's going to be amazing. I'm excited. So that's expatmoneysummit.com.
0: All right, expatmoneysummit.com. I will put that in the show notes. So if you guys want to get involved, just go ahead and click the little more in the description. It'll pull down the full description. And in there, you can find the link. Reach out to Mikkel and get involved in that uh, that summit. All right, Mikkel,
1: that wraps it up. I
0: appreciate you hopping on the show.
1: Pleasure's all mine. Once again, thanks so much, Gabe.
0: Absolutely. For everybody who's here with us, thank you guys for coming on the show today with us. As always, if you have any questions, reach out to me, Gabe at Club.com. Other than that, I hope you guys have an absolutely fantastic week. Keep rocking real estate and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode. All right. Before I officially sign off, I have a quick announcement to make. If you're interested in becoming a passive investor in one of my deals, my own company, Kaizen Properties, is looking for capital partners for our upcoming projects. We invest in what are known as recession-resistant assets, mainly self-storage facilities, mobile home and RV parks, and industrial properties. If you're interested in investing and would like to learn a little bit more about my company, our investing criteria, and some of the previous projects we've done,